Morning. It is great to be here. And it's great to be up front where you can really see the, uh, the praise team at work here and see the passion. And uh, it was great being up front. Uh, like uh, Dirk mentioned, I, uh, you can probably hear I'm from south of the border. And the, actually, the, the organization that sponsors us, uh, their office is in Richmond, Virginia. And I don't get down there too often. As a matter of fact, it's been over five years since I've been back to the company headquarters. Uh, thank goodness they just keep sending paychecks, though, right? <laughs> so we keep, praise the Lord, everybody. Uh, something that we have done, though, they have learned how to do live streaming, and so I'm included in a lot of meetings. You know, I get to, to listen in, and recently they were holding a conference and talking to young people, and uh, they had a guy speaking, uh, an older man, I mean older than me, and uh, he was talking about his life in ministry. And he was kind of thinking about just what might have he have done differently. You know, if he, if he could do it again, what would he do differently maybe in his life? And uh, he said uh, he thinks that if he could do it over again, the thing that he would do differently is he would read his Bible more. He said he thought uh, regular daily Bible reading was the most important thing that a Christian can do. It was more important than breakfast or the fitness club, things like that. So if you have to choose, he was saying, you know, skip breakfast, have your quiet time. So uh, I was also really delighted that, you know, I felt good, like, okay, great. You know, here at Grace, we're, we've got the E100, we're involved in a regular uh, reading program. So I thought that was great. And uh, I especially love reading from, starting from the beginning, right? Not just like the beginning of the Gospels, but from Genesis, I know even myself, sometimes I use the term, you know, new, we're New Testament uh, church or Christians, but we're really, we're whole Bible Christians, right? And the Old Testament really shines a lot of light on the New Testament. You know, so we understand the New Testament because of a lot of the background and uh, uh, perspective that we get from the Old Testament. And now, while I know that it can be hard to read, and I noticed uh, there was an article uh, that uh, GQ, you know, they consider themselves to be the Bible of like men's style and fashion. They had removed the Bible from their li- list of books uh, worth reading. So they thought it was kind of like not worth reading, too hard to read. Uh, well, there are some dry points, I must admit. And you do notice kind of a period where it seems like the people cannot follow, you know, God's teaching. They rebel, they disobey, they get into trouble. God even punishes them, and finally they repent, and God restores them and blesses them. But then the process starts all over again. So there's some kind of heartbreak and sadness in there. But that sadness and that kind of desert dryness is a great kind of preparation for the New Testament. And it really makes the New Testament really come alive. Especially, it starts off in the New Testament with these stories of uh, how John the Baptist and his family, how, how he came about, how Jesus came about. And uh, it's so refreshing after reading in the Old Testament how people could not seem to obey God, how these people seem to be living kind of the way God wanted them to live, intended for them to live. And it's like, it's, it's beautiful, really. You know, you go from this kind of hard experiences, and there are these illustrations uh, of people living the way God wanted and, and God's will working out there. It's incredible. It's fresh, I think. And uh, also, it's this beginning 
of God working out a new relationship with mankind, really. You know, it's like uh, with the Old Testament, New Testament. And some people use these terms covenant or agreement. And I even myself wonder how did the Old, uh, New Testament get its name? Like, does that mean something to me, New Testament? So uh, I, I see it kind of as God revealing the way forward, how we are going to relate to God moving forward once Jesus has come. And uh, so even though uh, there are some dry moments, I think it's worthwhile, and it helps maybe to put you on the map of where am I in the history of the world and in the history of what God is doing in this world. And also when kind of Jesus appears, it's really to me like this uh, new life appearing. It's almost like Genesis 2 all over again. If you remember, Genesis 2 is the detailed description of how God created man. You know, he took the dust. It looks like, you know, you're reading it. You can imagine him forming it together in his God hands, you know. It says that he breathed life into the nostrils of man. I always, when I read that, want to go, oh, a deep breath, right? <laughs> kind of breathe some of that life, you know, breathe that into me. So uh, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I hope today it's like the spirit, you know, breathing life into you. And that's kind of how I see Jesus appearing on the scene. It's been some horrible times, but now God is breathing life back into the human race in Jesus. There's hope, a new hope, really. You know, the great hope, like if I, it's like different for different people maybe. I come up to somebody and I say, hey, have you heard the good news? And like, uh, what, free internet, you know? You know, like, well, you know, it might mean something different to every generation, so to speak. No, not free internet, you know? Free coffee at McDonald's. <laughs> so uh, I think at this time, though, especially the good news for the Jews in particular, was this idea that they were going to be able to live at peace with God. You know, this, this agreement that God had with them, this kind of policies and procedures was hard. They couldn't keep it, actually. Matter of fact, they would have walked out on the agreement if God would have let them, but he wouldn't release them because God was working through them. You know, he had a purpose, and they were a part of it, and he didn't release them from the agreement that they made. And uh, now they've turned, Jesus has appeared, and he is kind of revealing this newer way of relating to God. And there's this hope that we're going to be at peace with God and not under all that condemnation. Because you remember, they kept, like, cycle kept repeating uh, punishment. Uh, consequences were heavy, you know. It was brutal, uh, but moving forward in this new relationship, we're going to be able to live under God's blessings, not under kind of the, so to speak, condemnation experience. Uh, another thing, uh, I think maybe that it's hard for us to relate to that because we have been living in that free, the, you know, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. We've been living in this era our whole lives, so it's hard to kind of compare so I have an illustration for you that I think will, for some of you, hopefully will be meaningful. Uh, I realize it's April 29, right? Tomorrow is tax day here, right? The last day. If you have not done your taxes yet, you've got to get them in tomorrow or maybe extension, whatever. 
But maybe tonight, breaking news all across the internet and TV, CRA announces no more tax forms required. Whoa, yeah, I heard it, amen. Some people are going to say, now that is good news. Uh, You can turn in whatever form you want, page one, page 99, no pages at all, right? You just turn in whatever form you want, it'll be okay. Also, whatever amount you want to turn in, it's up to you. We, we need your money, we do, but it's up to you. You turn in some amount that shows your level of gratitude, right, for living in this great country, Canada. It's, it's up to you. You do whatever you feel is right, inspired. And there would be a lot of guys going, like me too, also going, yes, you know, better than free coffee, you know, better than Internet, you know. <laughs> uh, but then there would be some guys uh, okay, you know, that sounds good, but maybe not as good as it originally sounded, right? Because we, we got to have, you know, uh, a process, right? <laughs> Very process-oriented here in Canada. Uh, this, uh, we got to have a reasonable uh, budget plan, you know? We, we got to do things in a certain way. And those guys would be all the accountants, right, who do tax work. You know, like I got too much invested in this accounting tax work because that's how I I make money. And it was like I I wouldn't be able to get a job anymore. They wouldn't need my advice. And, uh, you know, I've got a Ph.D. in this business, and I'll I'll be, like, useless if that were to happen. So, like, no way. We've got to keep the institution the way it is. Go with what you know, right? Keep things kind of the way they are, no rash decisions. And this is kind of the way the Jewish leadership responded to Jesus also. Like, whoa, guys, uh, Jesus was making an offer to the Jewish nation of a different relationship, a different way moving forward with him. But a lot of the leadership recognized this was going to be a profound, different institution and they were going to lose their place maybe or it was unknown you know Jesus was kind of unknown so they rejected that and kind of could not accept that Uh, also uh, today is like I said the 29th we are also still technically within the Easter season right recently uh, they've had in Bible calendar we had Easter, we had the crucifixion, this brutal, violent, horrible death and burial. And uh, well, now we're in this 40-day period, this window before you know, Jesus has resurrected. And for 40 days, he's going around kind of convincing people that he is not dead after all, that he really is the Messiah. And and appearing to different people, and then like on, about day, on day 40, he ascended. So, but during this time, it's like, whoa, kind of mind-blowing things are happening for the disciples. You know, they're on these incredible rolls, you know, triumphal entry, you know, palm branches going down, Hosanna, Hosanna, and then horrible, brutal, unbelievable death, you know, complete uh, depression, so I'm defeated, until then, these rumors now of like uh, somebody, you know, I've just seen Jesus. You've heard the song. He is alive. 
And, uh, you know, people are not wanting to, do I believe that or not? Do I get taken in by that? You know, one time is okay, two times, no way, right? That's, that's Thomas, unless I, you know, do this to Jesus, and here I will not believe, you know? And, whoa, 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 Jesus, you're my Lord and God. You know, these kind of drama happening there during this 40 days but Jesus appearing and reaffirming uh, who he is and what this really was a valid offer moving forward, a, different, a new relationship with God. Also, the disciples, I think, were beginning to notice, you know, that the man who went in the tomb is not the same guy as the one who came out. You know, the one who came out... Uh, you know, he used to hang out with them. Now he just like he appears in the room. He come in a window or he just came through the wall, you know. Uh, he's not the same guy that went into the tomb. Uh, he's got super, even more super abilities. We knew he had super abilities, but now he's got these incredible super abilities. And also, like he, he doesn't stay with them. He like, whew, I don't know, how does he go away? It doesn't really say in the Gospels, how did he disappear? Did he go back out the window or back through the wall? And he was, well, he's gone for a while. And they kept having these encounters. So all these things were happen, happening during this Easter period, the 40 days. And uh, so the disciples, I think, were, were dealing with this. And it was a breath of hope, you know, again for them, but also confusion and uh, <clears throat> because it was hard, I think, for them to get a handle on this because, you know, when Moses originally set up the first covenant, the Old Testament, vet uh, vet, you know, in Russian, you know, uh, there was like God with the finger of God writing on tablets of stone. There were tablets, there were, there were uh, parchment. Moses wrote down all these regulations it was handed down to them. <clears throat> it, was <clears throat> it was known. You know, they, the nation kind of agreed, said, yes, Lord, we will agree. Uh, but Jesus, <clears throat> now in this new period, it's a little different. There's no like written down uh, new codex. Uh, Jesus has just been teaching. There's, see, we have it written already. They did not have it written. And so they're following kind of his life and his teaching, and then his, his life example. And so we're not saying to himself, well, you know, uh, you know what was the, the way forward, uh, you know, what is the new agreement maybe going to kind of be like? And uh, so we look at his teachings. Yeah, what did he teach? You know? Well, early on in his ministry, there was a recurrence of this theme, the kingdom of heaven is near. You notice he'd go and speak he, he uh they unfold the unrolled the scroll in Capernaum and it said the kingdom of heaven is near there at the end you know these things have uh, been revealed and speaking to other people you know the kingdom of heaven is near John the Baptist also was preparing the way you know the kingdom of heaven is near and oh, after a while you begin to realize you get the idea that the kingdom of heaven is standing right in front of you was the message Jesus was the kingdom of heaven. You know, I am the way, the truth, the life, right? These kind of sermons and messages he taught. I'm the narrow gate. You know, you, unless you come through the narrow gate, 
uh, you're not going to get to the kingdom of heaven. And also these famous sermons, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, and in particular, you know, Matthew chapter 6, you know, hard to maybe to follow, but the idea, what was the idea? The idea is that I think in summary, our focus in life should be on the things of God, the primary focus. You organize yourself, your energy, your strength around getting to the kingdom of heaven and the things of God, you know, and don't be distracted so much by these other things around you. Move forward to the kingdom of heaven. If you read Matthew chapter 6, that's kind of what it's, it's about. Don't worry so much about the other things. The other things are going to be there. If you can get yourself moving, if you will be that kind of person that is calling and encouraging other people to move toward the kingdom of heaven, God is going to make it possible for those other things to be there. It's going to work out. right? We have the good heavenly father. If you ask him for a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you the loaf of stone. You know, this is the Heavenly Father. He knows that we have those other needs uh, as well. And uh, so in a way, to me, it sounds a little bit like a safety net also. We're encouraged to go this way, kind of a difficult discipline in our world, right? When so much of our attention is this way. Kind of a a difficult discipline, but a safety net also if you will try, if you will put your effort into doing that, it's going to work out this way also. Nice safety net underneath us. Well, April 29 would be somewhere toward the end of that 40-day period. Jesus has appeared a couple of times to the disciples. And uh, finally, they obeyed him. You know, they met, they went to Galilee, and they're there waiting probably, you know, wondering, you know, where is Jesus? And uh, maybe in a state of befuddlement. You know, they've like, they realize that what they got into initially maybe is not what they, is not what they thought it, it was, being with Jesus. You know, they had these ideas maybe that it was about reestablishing the kingdom, you know, the monarchy maybe of Israel and jobs high in the government and things. You know, that maybe that's kind of the ideas, images they had, and they realized this thing is not like we thought. And they did, you know, they're just, what next? Yeah, what is the way forward, right? So Peter, right, he says, let's go fishing. Uh, and this is kind of starting the uh, John 21 chapter. And so they go fishing. And probably all the guys who were fishermen, they all went, you know, they went together, and uh, they fished all night, you remember. It probably was a great thing, you know, just like a mindless work, you know, not brain work. It was like muscle work, you know, muscle memory. You know, I've been doing this my whole life, nothing to it. I know I gather the net, I cast the net out, perfect splash, right? It goes down, I draw the net in. It's beautiful, (laughs) simple, easy. This is the way life was before they met Jesus. How did things get so complicated, right? We're just fishing with, I gather the net, I cast the net out, perfect splash. I'm an expert. I'm a pro at doing this. It goes down, I reel it in, you know. No worries. It doesn't matter if we catch fish or not. We're just kind of out here relaxing a little, right? No pressure. Well, they do that all night, right? And it's sun up, whatever, morning. And 
uh, Jesus meets them on the shore, right? They don't realize it's Jesus at first. Somebody yells out, hey, you know, nothing today. Throw the net on the right side. Okay, no problem. I, I got muscle memory. You know, I just draw the net up. I cast it on the right side. Perfect splash. I reel it in. No problem. Then, whoa, whoa. There she blows, you know, big catch. All of a sudden, and they start to realize that it's Jesus. You know, this is the same thing that had happened to them before. It was one of the great things about Jesus, right? Big catch. He always seemed to be able to make the fish, multiply the fish. And so they're like, oh, Jesus is here. Come in. Bring in the fish. You're going to drag them in too, right? We don't lose the fish. They get help, the boat's in. They get to the shore and they have this discussion. And this is where I want to read. Uh, Let's read the text in John chapter 21. And so they come up and Jesus has already kind of got like a table set or something. And so they gather around and and everyone knows it's Jesus and no one is saying a thing. This is the guy, you know. They're just listening. What next, Jesus? You know, what are you? You know, they're just all ears, I think. So uh, let's read it. I'll read it, uh, starting in 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? Uh, And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. Uh, You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, You will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. So this is this kind of well-known dialogue, little conversation that Jesus and Peter have. And uh, this three times kind of, Jesus asked, do you love me? And... uh, and how Peter responded. And uh, one of the things this, that I know, that is the first time, you know, Jesus said, do you love me more than these? And uh, Peter didn't say, yes, I love you more than these. You know? He just said, I love you, Lord. But uh, a lot of scholars, you know, have really, they, they dive deep into this conversation and the grammar and things. But I think the main thing about this conversation of Jesus asking him three times is to make sure that Peter was listening. You know, uh, pay attention, you know, Jesus is important. It's like I have kids, and, uh, you know, when the TV's on or when the games are going, I could tell them anything. They're not listening. Yes, Dad, yes, sir, you know, whatever. No, they didn't hear a word. And uh, I think this also is reminds me of that Old Testament story, Abraham, right? When it was time to get Isaac a bride, he called in his most trusted servant, I think it's Eleazar, 
He brings him in. He puts his hand under his thigh and talks to him. Same thing there, this thigh thing. What was that all about? Was it like an ancient sign of, you know, of the ultimate covenant or something? Well, I think mainly the idea is he was getting Eleazar up close. He's going to talk to him eyeball to eyeball. That Eleazar, what I'm telling you is important. It's the most important task I've ever given you. You know, don't mess it up. Pay attention. Get my son a bride, not a Canaanite woman. And don't, whatever you do, let him go back to the old country. So pay attention. This is important, Eleazar. He's close. He's looking in his eyeballs. He can smell his breath. He knows Eleazar got the message. Same thing here, I think. Jesus is getting close to Peter, I think. Peter, listen up. This is important. This is the most important task I've ever given you. You know, feed my sheep. Tend the flock. This is the way forward. This is the task moving forward for you. Jesus has spent his life as the example, given the example, leading the way forward, but he's about to leave. He's going to put it all in their hands. The future of the Christian church is in their hands. Pay attention. Don't mess this thing up. He didn't say anything about fishing or whatever or what you were going to do. He's saying, in today's vernacular, build my church, Peter. You know, the disciples had had a lot of drama and shock. And uh, I think that they probably had been set back, regressed, yes. And this is kind of a, a recommissioning. They have, yes, there was a time when Jesus met them on the shore before they were fishermen. He called them out of being just fishers of fish. And uh, probably they have kind of gone back on that just out of confusion. But Jesus is saying, no, this is the way forward recommissioning them and says to Peter, you know, follow me again. And we didn't hear any, even a hint that I can tell of a condemnation there, right? He's just saying, feed my sheep and follow me again. Maybe you've had a similar experience, some shock. Things have not gone the way you thought it was going to go. You're focusing on the muscle memory focusing on the fish. Jesus is calling us back to him, recommissioning us all the time, calling us to follow him. He didn't uh, apologize to Peter either that Peter was going to pay a, a pretty significant, it was going to be a sacrifice on his part. Jesus didn't apologize for that. You know, by the way, Peter, they're going to nail you up just like they did me, except upside down. No apologies when Jesus mentions this. I think we sometimes, it's easy to get 
maybe befuddled, confused, regress also. When we're thinking about what is this way forward all about? What is the Christian faith all about? Yes, I realize that there's sin in my life and I need to be forgiven and I need Jesus. I've come to the point where I'm comfortable praying and asking God, you know, to transform my life. Please let all things become new. Yes, yes, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come soon. And that's kind of our faith gets kind of focused on that. Oh, Lord, yes, please help me to become that man that you want me to be. Forgive me, Lord. Transform me. God, help me to be a better father. Yes, I have those five kids who are looking at me. They need, someday I'm going to turn it over to them, right? And uh, help me to be a better parent. Oh, Lord, Help me to be a better spouse so you know we have some conflict at home. God, I, I, I need to be a better spouse, Lord. Help me at home, Lord. Lord, my daughter, you know, she doesn't talk, Lord. Heal, please. Bring some healing, please, into my life, Lord. While you're at it, Lord, help me to be a good employee. Matter of fact, a better employee than all of my colleagues. And while you're at it, the next time there's an opportunity for promotion, Lord, Grant me favor. Bless me, Lord, so that I get that job. While you're at it, add some money to my paycheck, God. And while I go to the bank for that big mortgage loan, grant me favor, Lord, so that I get the loan, I get the bigger house. Lord, just bless me, Lord. Lift my name up higher, Lord. Just be like, make me great again, right? I'll just get the hat. (laughs) Make me great again. I'll get the wristband. It becomes kind of about us. The Christian faith of the whole Bible uh, is about making Jesus great, right? You know, uh, Jesus was that example to uh, the disciples. He was the good shepherd. And he, he's the gate, the way forward. And the disciples saw all this and there at that last conversation you know Peter Jesus is kind of commissioning Peter as the shepherd you're taking the shepherd role right shepherd the flock Peter and yes the same way that I laid my life down you're going to lay your life down as well when, when the different people came to John the Baptist, they asked John, the greatest man born of flesh, right? John, tell us about Jesus. Is he, you know, what? Is he for real? What did John say? Did he say, I must decrease. He must increase. That's the way forward in our lives. We need to find a way to focus on the things of God such that all these other things are not an issue. You know, don't let these horizontal things keep you from getting to God's heaven, the things that God has for you. And Jesus didn't apologize. 
either when he told Peter that there would be possibly a personal sacrifice. Uh, my family has been coming here for four and a half years. We've been blessed, really, to be here, to be ministered to. And I have other activity. I, I hope uh, this is encouraging. I'm encouraging other groups. Uh, and I have noticed, even just in the short time we've been here, the short five years maybe, that there is a lot of change in this community around us. You can drive down Weldrick, any of these roads, and they're tearing down perfectly good homes and building huge, like, palaces. Well, it's kind of small palaces, maybe. Uh, on these homes, all around, anywhere you go. And uh, I can go out into our parking lot and probably throw a rock into two or three different construction sites. Like, there are things happening around here. Uh, just across the street, the Jews have built... An old folks home, not old folks home, retirement center. And a huge center over here. And further up here, like, like whoa, there's some mind-blowing things happening here. Reminds me a little bit of the church that I grew up in. Uh, started off in like a one-room school. And by the time I was graduating from high school with this huge auditorium that they had built and uh, on our annual photo album we had the photo phone book you know member album it said there's something happening at Casa View Baptist Church and uh, we all felt like God was at work there it was a work of God I think something is happening here on this corner you know God is preparing the way for something. I think it's obvious that someone, something is going to happen here. Just maybe a, just a question of, of who. I want to just close uh, our sermon time just with that thought that Jesus has opened up a new way of relating to him. Uh, I don't know if the New Testament kind of speaks to you, but it is God offered up to the people a different way of relating. And the Jewish people in that day rejected it. But thankfully, the Gentiles later did receive it, and that's why we're here today. And uh, I know that it's... Uh, difficult in this life that we live to stay focused on the things of God and to have discipline to trust him for these other things and that there will be enough or it will be it will be right right but I want to encourage you to try to do that and maybe you feel that need to recommission yourself into service with God maybe you've regressed and so let's just close. Let's, uh, I want to call the music team forward. We'll stand and let's close in prayer. I want to close out our sermon time in prayer, please. Let's stand for prayer. Thank you, God, that you have made a way possible for us to relate to you
so that we can live in, under your blessing. We can live uh, and not be constantly under your condemnation. Lord, help us to focus on the things of God, Lord. Help us in our hearts, Lord. Help us to be disciplined that way, to trust you. And uh, yes, maybe there have been times when we, we lose focus, God, but help us to, in our minds, in our hearts, to follow you and to trust that it will be worth it. You know, whatever, whatever that way forward the plan is for each one of us individually. Thank you, God, that you have blessed us, that you are a good and loving Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.